Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to May's Minutes. I'm glad to be back again. Uh, it is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021, uh, and we're thrilled to have you here with Bethune Community Studios. Hopefully you can see I'm wearing my resplendent pink shirt and pink tie. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so uh, we got an email saying we're pink today, so I corresponded, and hopefully you did too. Um, so we're going to do uh, a little bit different today. Uh, the superintendent is my guest, and she'll be here momentarily. But we're going to do a little before and after from Methuen Community Studios, a little advertising before and after, because uh, we've got some events that we want you to be uh, cognizant of. First and foremost, um, make sure you watch tonight at 7 o'clock. Tonight, October 13th at 7 p.m., there's a counselor at large forum. So the four candidates for election at counselor at large are going to be here at Methuen Community Studios, and it will, the production will be shown live on Comcast 22, as well as Verizon Fios 33, High Def Channel 2133, streaming on org, and Facebook.com TV. But please note that unlike the mayor's minutes, uh, they will not be able to take questions on Facebook. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Hey, Superintendent. So that's tonight, uh, October 13th and 7th. We'll repeat this at the end of the program for the people that missed it. And then tomorrow night, October 14th at 6 p.m., the West District Council candidates, which is uh, Mike Samard, Ali Safi, and um, Mike Downs, will be live in the studio, and they'll be filming uh, and you can watch them tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Same channel, Comcast 22, Verizon Fires 33, or High Def 2133. So mark your calendars and watch those. Um, I'm sure they'll do well. And I should mention, before somebody says it, so the four candidates that will be there tonight are Nick DiZoglio, uh Jess Finicchiaro, uh, David Beauregard, and Joyce Campagnon. And those four will be the council at large forum tonight at 7 p.m., on Methuen Community Studios, and I'll repeat that announcement at the end because I love Karen. Um, also, just a reminder, um, tomorrow night we have a meet and greet. Uh, the first meet and greet with the new police chief starts, uh, so that's uh, tomorrow, October 14th. Um, so at Merrimack Valley Golf Course tomorrow night from 6 to 8 p.m., and if you can't make it, then you can go to Man Orchards on Tuesday, October 19th, between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., and then Wednesday, October 20th, we have at Borelli's Italian Deli from 12 noon to, there they are, the dates, noon to 2, and Sons of Italy from 6 to 8, so hopefully we'll get some good food that day down in the valley. And then last but not least, uh, good friend John, uh, we will be on Saturday, October 23rd at Bada Bing from, uh, I, I think that's 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., uh, I have to tell Ryan I'm not going to oh. stay up all night. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That might be a typo. That would be a long yeah. one. Yeah. So, uh, 12 p.m. So please don't go to Butterbing at midnight because I won't be there. So that's that's these two. We'll come back to those. <laughs> then uh, Halloween. We got a little Halloween flyer. I'm going to hit that first. Yeah, look at that. Oh, I love that flyer. I was a big fan of Halloween growing up. I know. Me too. Yeah, I'm glad it's back. So um, we have a uh, community decoration contest. The rec department is running, and that's what you're seeing here. So first place is $50, second place 25 and third place 20 You have to submit pictures of your decorated property to the recreation department and be entered to win gift certificates to local businesses. I love the fact that it's local businesses. Mm-hmm. And then tag with them on Facebook. So that's one of the three Halloween events. I don't have flyers for the other two. We also have, oh, you do, Bethune Community Studios, way ahead of me as always. Uh, the Fall Festival, which is always, there's a costume contest, there's giveaways, there's free events, there's games, there's music. That's the 23rd between noon and 3 at Great Court Park, and that's a great event. It's, it's terrific that we're able to get back outdoors and have that. And hopefully you saw that uh, even Dr. Fauci said we should do a trick-or-treat. So on Sunday, October 31st, we will be doing trick-or-treat Methuen from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right? So uh, those are three. And then we got one more exciting bit of news before we do our COVID charts and talk to the superintendent. Uh, so we want you all to save the date for the Methuen Annual Santa Parade, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Saturday, November 20th at 1 p.m. More info to come. If you're interested in getting involved, please contact the Santa Parade Committee at jstacklin at cityofmethuen.net or 978-382-7609. So we want to get as many bands, as many groups, um, 
you know, I keep saying this. The thing we learned most in the last year plus, 18 months, whatever it is, is that better together, right? Yes. I went and saw a presentation at the Sons of Italy, and uh, the presenter was an old high school classmate of mine, and he said something that stuck in my mind. He said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yep. Right? And I love that quote. So uh, let's go together. Uh, get your group involved with the Methuen Santa Parade. Uh, I'm going to make Tim Sheehy give me a ride on a fire truck in this parade. So Sounds with a we'll white s- beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> red, giving stuff away, right? red suit? That's yeah, always absolutely. the best absolutely. part of the Santa Parade. Happy to do it. All right, let's do the COVID charts first, and then we'll swing over to school. Uh, so we got kind of a mixed message here this week. The cases stayed the same. The average daily cases um, went down somewhat. But we also had a death in the city, so it's kind of a sobering reminder that things aren't over. right? So 108 new cases this week, and so go to the good and the bad, not so good. Next chart. All right, the good is the trends continue in a positive direction, so we're down to 23.2 out of 100,000. That's good. Uh, I talked about the fall festival. Mark your calendars, October 23rd, between noon and 3 at Great Court State Park. Uh, Trick or Treat is back in a big way, and we want to celebrate accordingly. I'm thinking of buying uh, large size candy bars. Although, I got to be honest with you, Superintendent, I, I live on a main street, not a lot of people come to my. I know. It's not quite the same. I live in a great neighborhood for trick or treating. Yeah. So, a Sunday night trick or treat, yeah. it'll be. It'll be- Pretty pretty packed in my neighborhood. Yeah, I saw. You know, in yeah. fact, I saw a social media post where a new resident uh, asked, "Hey, where should I go?" And some people were slim. I said, "Don't slam that." You know, mm-hmm. that's a great question. Where, where do you go, right? Because when I was a kid, you used to just do your neighborhood, but things have changed, right? right. So I live on Hampstead Street, Methuen. That's a tough street to walk. Right. You have right? to go to a neighborhood with kids. Yeah. Right. Uh, so um, ask, right? Um, and uh, you know, we should kind of put some maps out of, of good places to go. If if you find out the mayor's giving out, you know, full-size Milky Ways, hey, maybe more people will come, right? Put it right on Twitter. You'll get a huge, huge <laughs> fan base on Hampstead Street. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Then uh, I talked about uh, <clears throat> with the meet and greets with Police Chief McNair, I, McNair. I wanted you to come out and meet him. He's a great guy. Uh, and I know you're going to be convinced when you meet him that he's the right choice for this job. This guy's... I was so impressed, Superintendent, by some of the things he did after he got sworn. Like going to the high school and delivering flowers I to the young that. lady that was who sang awesome. the. Uh, yeah, that's that's such a class act, yeah. right? Uh, so, and, and by the way, uh, I'm old and I forget the young lady. She did an outstanding job. She did it at the Field of Honor right. too. I can't think of her name, but she did a monumental job. I, I mean, it was just awesome, Hi. awesome. So. Um, Okay, and then on the not-so-good side, the cases are up to 108 new positives, of which 40 were fully vaccinated. I was just looking at an article that talked about maybe breakthrough cases not being as bad as people thought they were would be. Um, so of the 40 breakthrough, 11 Moderna, 22 Pfizer, and 7 Janssen. Um, I did talk to our health director today, uh, and we are looking at uh, the state is quizzing us on uh, when we would be able to give the uh, the booster, yes, for lack of a better term, right? Mm-hmm. And in some cases, I think I'm going to do this wrong, uh, Moderna, they're suggesting a half dose for the booster, right? I think okay, that's what Felix told me. Um, our vaccination rate belay, remains below the state level, which is not good news, but uh, incrementally increased. And we did have one new death. We had a 70-year-old patient mm-hmm. who passed away uh, during the past week of COVID result of COVID. So it is still out there. It is still harmful. Um, and our thoughts and our condolences and prayers go out to the family of the person that lost. We uh, we don't want to lose anybody. So through the charts, um, let's see. Uh, the, the male and the females, the ratio kind of stays the same. Um, and by the way, I did ask for the numbers from the city clerk's office. They're going to give them to me for next week's show. Uh, so we're going to take this 47.36 and 43.86 and say, if you break that down into percentage, uh, is it representative of Methuen demographically, mm-hmm. male and female? So we'll see if it is. And then if you look at the distribution by age, it continues to grow with the under-19s. Um, have we had any success with the vaccines at the games? Um, I think Not a the, lot, no. Right? The Just first, Midland, we right? had a couple of people, yeah. uh, and I 
I don't know if we had any at the last game. And then Friday night, they'll be there again. Big football game Friday night. Yep. Huge uh, game. Oh, huge I forgot game. to put that in there. Huge game. I know. Huge game. The uh, mayor will be there. Friday night, yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully, you'll be on the Rangers side. I will be. Okay. But I have to admit, I will have three family members on one side I know, and two I understand on the other. That, right? But hopefully, we'll, we'll get yeah. you on the Rangers side. Um, yeah, but big game. So they should be there. So it's, it's super accessible. I, yeah. Again, can't thank Rada Lawrence Family Health yeah. Center enough. They just they make it easy. They're right there. Yeah. They're welcoming people. They were trying to bring people in the, the last time. So hopefully we'll get some, some takers. But they're there, and they're available for PCR testing as well. And this is a huge game. Uh, both teams are good. And I say this for my campaign manager's benefit. Go Rangers, right? So I'll have my blue stocking cap on, right? So as, Yes, it's a, it's a blue out. So That's make sure you have your Rangers. Okay. It is a blue out. So we're, we're hoping that everybody comes right. in their Ranger gear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave some kids at the gate. Um, <laughs> They'll just have to walk around yeah. quietly to the other yeah. side. Yeah. Well, three of us said, Dad, you're actually... Said, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so um, uh, the under-19s continue to lead the pack, as you would expect at this point. Um, but, uh, there, you know, with 108, there is a little bit of a slowing in the number of cases. Right, so that's if there's any good news, that's it. Right, there's a, kind of a, and I don't know if we're we'll talk about if we're seeing anything different in the schools yep. or uh, test and stay and all that other stuff. Um, then uh, I think Ryan made this next one for my eyesight. He made the chart bigger. I, uh, I appreciate like it actually. Yeah. Yes, very much. <laughs> Jumps right out at you. So the 108, 31 are under the age of 19. Uh, we did have 16 over the age of 70, including that one death. Um, and I say, you're going to see at the end of the charts, Havel had a big jump this week, including the mayor. So we, uh, in case they watch, uh, my best wishes out to Mayor Fiorentini, who uh, tested positive for COVID. I did talk to him, and he said he's on the rebound, and that's the good news. We want him to do well. Hopefully his journey is uh, no different than mine. It's a, you know, a cough and some fatigue and then moving on. So that's the 108 new cases. And then we go into the three-city comparison. There's the data I'm talking about. You can see Haverhill had uh, 283, so almost matched Lawrence in the last two weeks. Uh, and Methuen had 207. So the state shows Methuen at 86.64. If you look at the bottom of the chart, we showed at 92.31. That's because our local DPH in- includes probables. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that you know every couple months just so people understand so the state has 8664 it trails by two weeks so if you add a couple hundred in the state would be saying about 8800 and change um and we're saying 9231 and those 400 would be probables that we've recorded right okay but 207 in the last two weeks and then the next chart is the the good news at least from the trend perspective right is going down per 100,000, right? We wanted to go back down. We wanted to be where it was on July 6th, which was 0.8 per 100,000. That was the best. Sounds um, But you should know that epidemiologists and others are predicting this number is going to continue to come down a little bit through November and then spike up for the holidays, right, with the gatherings. And I don't know if that will spike up quite, hopefully not like last year. Right. Right, because we're so far ahead vaccination-wise, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is, um, the last couple, of, you can see Haverhill's big jump. Haverhill's in the middle there, right? So they're at 4.39% positive uh, the last uh, two weeks, and Methuen is at 4.15. So all three cities in the 4% range positive, meaning four out of every 100 people that test are positive. Um, so data for you to chew on. And then last but not least, uh, my favorite two charts. So the one that shows the the state is <coughs> now at 74% have received the first road across the state. Methuen is at 634 so the state went up a full half percent since the last time we reported to you. Methuen went up 0.4 from 63 to 63.4. And for the total vaccination, the state has 66, almost 67 percent totally vaccinated. And Methuen is at 58.3. Um, and so uh, let me take that back. Yeah, 58.3. So 58.3 against 66. So we're actually... Um, 
in the beginning of September, we were at 56.8 against 65.1. So in that time frame, the state has gone up one, almost 2% full, and Methuen has gone up uh, 1.6. So we're trailing there. Uh, if you, again, for the umpteenth time, if you have any questions, we've got some wonderful people working for the city. Nancy Zabo, uh, Felix Zemmel, they can answer your questions if you've got questions about the vaccinations. Um, but uh, now that we're into flu season, you know, people will be getting flu shots, too. So Thanks. and then the last chart is the chart that I always like to talk about. Ryan showing me that he knows where Essex County is, although we made news yesterday. There was some uh, maps released that there'll be some redistricting. We didn't put that on this show. Uh, we will probably do that next week and talk about what's the impact of that to Methuen. Right. Uh, one of Methuen's precincts got moved into a different district, and we're going to talk a little bit about that if, if it goes through. So um, that's the COVID data for this week. Um, the news isn't terrible. The news isn't great. Uh, status quo, um, it's a lot better than it was uh, last year at this time. Uh, last year at this time, the upward swing had significantly begun, uh, so we want to keep that kind of downward trend if we can. Uh, for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about the schools, if we can. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's new? Let's let's talk first about, um, um, you know, test and stay. So yes. Yeah. So uh, two things. So the good news is our numbers are uh, also good at the schools. Uh, we're not seeing, uh, you know, large populations of students testing positive. Um, many of the students we're sending home with uh, the the symptoms are yeah. not coming back positive. So, right. you know, there is something to be said for kids being around kids uh, again and out and about and doing sports and getting the other germs that are around. So uh, that's been great. Uh, so so keep your fingers crossed a little bit yeah. here. But uh, for knock test and wood. stay, yeah, yeah, knock on wood. Yeah. I don't. I, we didn't. Didn't see that readily available, but uh, so test and stay. Um, we do have a team coming tomorrow uh, for uh, sort of a dry run, see the schools, see the sites, make sure we have all the equipment ready. Uh, they are ready to go and have completed all the paperwork necessary to be in our schools. Okay. Um, so Mary Gallant, our director of health services, will be doing sort of a tour of the yeah. schools and the sites where they'll be doing the testing, making sure they have everything. So the next two days, we're going to make sure they have everything they need. Yeah. Uh, very hopeful that if all that goes well in the next two days, that we'll be able to start uh, on Monday with with symptomatic, yeah. uh, you know, uh, rapid testing of staff and students and also the test and stay. Yeah, so and, and you're starting to what we to were hoping to have in place eight weeks ago, right. uh, I'm feeling... More hopeful because yeah. the people I know the names of the people now, uh, yeah. and you know to physically have them here on campus tomorrow will be helpful in you know sorting all all whatever out we need to sort out to make sure they have what they need to get started. So, yeah. um, you know I I again appreciate people's patience. I know you yeah. know parents are getting the close contact phone calls and saying. Where's yeah. the test and stay? I filled right. out the form. So it's ha it's going to happen. Uh, it's coming soon. So we're ready for it. Um, so I do expect it to start uh, next week, and likely what we will do is uh, I probably won't send another announcement out to parents. They're a little bit, you know, they've sent the consents. If they sent the consent, they're in the system. Yeah. We will be making phone calls to any parents that, uh, you know, we have a consent to make sure that we've got the right match. Yep. Um, so we'll be doing that so parents will know if their child is identified as a close contact and then consent that we have them to participate. Yes, they're participating right. starting today. So... so, so what was the response from the parent community? I mean, did we get a good response for uh, permission slips? I'm using the wrong term. But, yeah, yeah, no, we did. So we, we received thousands yeah. of consent forms. So not every you. Yeah. You know, parent uh, filled out a consent form. Um, but we did. We got a pretty uh, overwhelming yes response. Um, we also got no's, right? So making sure that they, you know, no, please right. don't test my child. Also, you know, the default for everybody is a no. So if you don't right. have a consent, we're not going to test your child. Yeah. Um, so, but but it was pretty overwhelming, and I think that's what is the most concerning is the phone calls that are being made to close contacts. The parents are like, wait a minute, 
I, I did fill out the form. So that's good feedback for us that right. the parents were calling, you know, are some of the ones uh, definitely a higher volume of that at the grammar schools than the high school, which does of make course. sense to us. Yeah. Um, you know, if half of our kids, about less maybe, are vaccinated, uh, it makes sense. But I've had really great conversations with parents who just wanted some more information and weren't sure what they should do and trying to explain the program. So has, has Mary Gallant. So... Uh, we're ready, and again, we've been, um, you know, lucky. I think uh, luckier than some of the other large districts that has seen. I mean, we have. I have some colleagues who are testing hundreds of kids every day for test and stay. You know, right. we're not. We're not in that position. We we need yeah. some staff in our buildings to do this, so the twenty kids that are you know under quarantine don't have to go home for ten days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I. I'm hopeful that it will be uh, really successful and that we'll be ready. If indeed it does go up, you know, we'll have the staff ready. Um, you know, Mary Gallant and I are also yeah. trying to secure our own Methuen Public School support staff for the nursing office so that we have somebody in each school full time that could also yeah. help us do this work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, because this team actually isn't going to be stationed at a school all day. Right. They're moving from school to school, so they have five schools. So yeah. we're hoping to divide the staff that they have into two teams. Uh, one team will focus on the high school, Timony and Tenney, right? So they'll do sort of a two-hour stay at each school to do the test and stay. And then another team will travel between the CGS and the Marsh. Yeah. Um, and most of that is just for distancing and timing. If, if a parent's watching and they say, you know, I didn't answer, so I'm a no, uh, is it too late for them to change their mind? It's not. Uh, the link on it's it's. The link online, any of my notices that had the link online for the consent, yeah. uh, as, as soon as they fill out the online consent, it's automatically in the system. Yeah. The hardest part for us was all the parents who did the paper form. Uh, we had to input those by hand ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we had, our staff did it at the school, and then we had some support staff from the company who's helping us with the test and stay come and do some of those as well. So yeah. we managed to get them all in, but it's not too late. Uh, but I would say anybody listening, um, you know, sending in the paper form, is there's going to be a delay because it's manually entered and then has to get uploaded into the system. You know, and they run it every at midnight or whatever. So there's, we were told it's not an automatic. Once we input it, it's not automatically in the system where the person at the school types in the student's name and sees the consent form in there, yep. if that makes any sense yep, to people. Makes sense, but, yep. Yeah. yeah, so it's not too late, but do it online uh, if, if there's still questions. And call us. We're, yeah. I'm always open to talking to parents about it if there's concerns. Um, the other thing that is going to be highly unlikely is if, if a student uh, is identified as a close contact and the parent that day says, oh, I want to fill it out now, uh, that child might have to go home for a day or two right. before they can participate right. uh, just because of that right. delayed time. It's not an on-demand program. It is, right? and so yeah. that's, yeah, I yeah. just encourage everybody, if they were hesitant yeah. or, um, you know, unsure, uh, you know, call us, talk to us, fill out that online consent form. Yep. I got a couple questions. I want to pause you. What percent of public employees are vaccinated? So the number I don't know off mm -hmm. the top of my head, Bob, uh, the vast majority are. Yeah. Uh, we same have with not the mandated, yep. right? The same in the schools. And I think, you know, that was one of the questions. Was, is I think one of the biggest differences between this year and last year is, you know, we've had the chance to get most of our teachers vaccinated, right? So that... Yes. Uh, I think... The teachers getting COVID last year was more disruptive. Yeah, yeah. it, it was. Uh, it <laughs> was me. more prevalent uh, in our system uh, certainly than it is now. We, you know, we have some staff who are, but I think from the beginning of the year, I can count. Yeah. you know, we have less than a dozen staff who have gotten it, and some who've been vaccinated. Yeah. You know, much like you had a mild case, but right. had to stay out the ten days, came back on day yeah. eleven, uh, and some folks have gotten a little worse of a case. But right. um, you know, we've been monitoring everybody and, yeah. and, and watching. It's so. a difficult, you know, and I know that people are on of two minds. Of the, it's a difficult question. Uh, and I say that, you know, I, one of the things I love most about living in the USA is, um, you know, the freedom to, cho to choose your right. And I guess, you know, without getting too far into it here is what we're grappling with is where do your individual rights affect the greater rights, right? And so that's the intersection that we've all got to kind of talk about. It's not that we want to, you know, 
mandate that you've got to do this or you've got to do that. Um, but you've got a responsibility to, to take care of the whole, right? And so that's really what we're, we're grappling with here. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, somebody said mandate. I don't know. Is there still a mask requirement for schools? It seems like a smart idea given the COVID-19 pre- spread is still present. There is, right? Um, yes, I'm sorry. Mask requirement is definitely still in place in schools. So uh, the commissioner um, extended the mask mandate for all students, all public schools until November 1st um, and has not changed the expectation that uh, the only way you can come out of the mask mandate as a school is if you can prove. And so he's collecting proof from some schools now for 80%, that. 80%, no, right? 80% of the building. So yeah. that includes staff and students. Uh, have to be vaccinated. Um, so there's an a, a assurance that, that school districts have to provide to the state in yeah. order to be released from the mask mandate. Yeah, and so that, uh, Greg not, Williams asked that question, yeah. what percentage of vaccinated students and faculty? So uh, we're tracking to get to that 80%. We're not there. No. Uh, it's going to take us quite some time. If you look at the charts I presented earlier, uh, the city as a whole is at 56%, right? Yeah. So that gives you kind of a rough feel. And then uh, I just want to, you said something that's very important by building, right? Correct. So it's not by, you, you know, if you, if you did everybody in the high school and it was enough to drive the system to 80, it would not qualify every Correct. building. It's, it's by, by building, school right? building. Yeah. Yep. It's by the physical school building in each school, uh, each school district. So yeah. for us, uh, really the only school that uh, could qualify and that we'll be watching is the high school. Uh, because a K-8 school is a pre-K through 8 school is a whole entity. So um, with the fact that our K through the majority of our pre-K through six students can't get vaccinated right now just leaves us at a disadvantage. Yep. Now I'm going (laughs) to. So Teresa said, I bet the kids are happy to be back at school rather than doing at home online learning. hundred thousand percent. They are. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. It's been really refreshing to be in schools and us getting back to walking through classrooms, talking about teaching and learning. Um, you know, the focus of a lot of our conversations are about that yeah. uh, and not COVID anymore, which is, again, just refreshing and where we should yeah. be. Um, but, you know, kids are still acclimating a little bit. We're seeing the effects of them being home for 18 or so months, um, and where our staff is just doing everything they can again to reteach kids how to, you know, be in school and, and routines and structures and peer relationships face to face. I think a lot of our kids, as we knew, uh, we were worried about that, especially with the young kids, you know, that peer development. Uh, so a lot of that is happening as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, we get a question. Are the COVID-19 booster shots going to be offered through Methuen Board of Health Clinic? Yes, they will. Uh, they won't be offered at these, the loop where we did the first ones, but we will um, be giving them uh, depending on demand. Um, you know, but we've got to drive our, you know, Teresa, we've got to drive our numbers up on the vaccination itself, right? right. So uh, we will be doing flu shots and we will be doing uh, booster clinics both through the Board of Health. So, Jenny, we just asked about, we just answered the mask. In the classroom, they're wearing masks, correct? correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> I think, you know, um, and this is me talking out of school, no pun intended. Um, most of the kids that I see are doing great with the masks. They really are. I, I, we were all still nervous about that because now yeah. it's all kids coming yeah. back. Um, but they are doing great. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for some of the kids, and we know it, right? When you yeah. start talking and the mask starts yeah. falling. and yeah. um, But they've been great. Steaming up my glasses. I can't see. Yeah, fogging up glasses. But every kid I have encountered, whether they're 18 at the high school or three, you know, pull up the mask. They, they respond when you ask. You know, kids are going to try to get away with something. Uh, but they've all been incredibly respectful. And yeah. I think uh, one of the things that was really important, and we had the discussion at school committee when the commissioner came out with the mask mandate, as well, some of the kids should wear them, and some of the kids don't have to. Right. And that that doesn't that's not how kids you know function. Yep. Um, so the fact that every person inside of our buildings is wearing a mask uh, has just been part of the common you know it's a common denominator for all kids. It's not well he gets doesn't have to wear one and I do and she doesn't. Right. Everybody's wearing one, Special so it treatment. really takes yeah. away yeah it yeah. takes away the 
the pressure and the you know the the differences. So I think that's helped us a lot. So again, I have not been uh, anywhere where if I see a mask uh, falling down on a student's face and say, you know, don't forget to pull it up, they pull it up right away. They say sorry. They you know, and then you're with again. You're with some of the younger kids, and they're they're talking, get excited, and the mask falls down. And then we pull it back up. You know, so they everybody's being very conscientious about it, yeah. which again is a really important mitigation strategy for us yeah. to get back to the normal education uh, that yep. we want to see in classrooms. So, uh, uh, Morel said, except for her second grade son, he's giving a hard time for us all. She, with the mask, I think. You know, I was going to say uh, one of the things I've found is uh, probably during my advanced years at city council and at school committee, I have a harder time hearing the individuals. There's great criticism when the, the speaker doesn't take their mask off, but I have a hard time understanding, and I don't know if people are watching that or not. Right, so uh, city council especially, but sometimes it's school committee. There's certain people when they're talking, I cannot hear what they're saying yes. while behind the mask, right? right? And I don't know if I've gotten used to like looking at lips and reading lips, or well, I mean, I, I have to say, right, watching our K one two teachers teach letter sounds and reading, they've become very creative in the pull the mask, show the lip formation, sound, right? The kids do need to see some of that. Yeah. And so it is challenging because yeah. the kids hear it, but they don't, right? There's a very visual aspect to, to speaking and listening and hearing. And I just, uh, our teachers, again, are being great about the rules, yeah. um, but also, you know, making sure that our kids are getting that yeah. experience so the, that they need as well. So the school years, you know, we're into October. and We're in, yeah. Yeah. Progress uh, reports going home on Friday for say, our little so ones. The normal cycle this yeah. Friday. This Friday. All right. So parents should be aware that progress reports go home yes, this week. Yes, on the calendar. So progress right. reports go home Friday, along with uh, any MCAS parent reports at the grammar schools. Uh, the high school ones will most likely be mailed, so those will come home at a different time. But um, <laughs> so grades one through six will get a progress report. Uh, MCAS report if they're an MCAS testing year, and they're also going to get the rapid. Literacy assessment. Yep. So this is the new, you know, assessment. Yep. Yes. So the yep. parents are going to see how the kids started, and then they'll see that in the second trimester. Great. And the third. So those reports will be going home to parents. We thought that was a really important part of yeah. this. So you want to keep these parents and kind of keep watch, these. Look at over I mean, time, we'll right? obviously yeah. have them, you know, yeah. uh, in our in our uh, software program for Lexia, but um, you know, keep it exactly. You want to see how the kids are growing in in their weaknesses and their strengths. So. Yep. Um, uh, these MCAS results are for tests taken. Uh, yes, in the, spring, <laughs> the spring. In the spring of twenty one. Twenty one. So, so are these, and I want to ask the point of question. So, you remember we had a pretty lengthy discussion at school committee about this. We and, did. Uh, the state was talking about not penalizing um, school Schools. districts. That you know. The, the, so, what's what's going to happen? You know, is there going to be any public? Discussion of the MCAS results, I guess. I, I worry about that because of two minds. And, and yes. You know a lot more about this. So one, um, as the father of four kids, I'll tell you, not every child is a good test taker. Right. Right, I've got four children who are very different. Some are really good standardized test takers. Some are not. Right. They're all smart. Uh, some of them just don't have the patience to sit there and, you know, color in spaces or, right. or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, and I don't want us to kind of over overswing the emphasis, if I could say it that way, you know, towards, oh, my God, you know, this. Right. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly ask parents not to panic. Um, I think, you know, we made ourselves pretty clear that we were really disappointed in the fact that uh, we had to administer the MCAS last year. We had to do this remote MCAS. We had kids at home, uh, a different kind of monitoring uh, of which we did everything we could to monitor that. Um, so, and then the tests were also reduced, right? So instead of three test sessions, there were two. Uh, so they had to give them for compliance purposes. We we accepted that to a degree because yep. we had to do this. Um, but we are not, as a district, uh, we are not holding a lot of weight on those student scores. Uh, we're really more interested in like our rapid assessments right now. Where yep. the kids are right now yeah. and where we have to get them to yep. uh, gives us a much clearer picture of what 
uh, the kids need today, like right now. Um, And all of that will fall into place because it's all standards-based because that's what we do uh, when the kids do take the MCAS again, right? That all of the work that we're doing will prepare them to be successful on a a, a test, an assessment like that. But um, we won't be doing any kind of formal analysis or presentation. There are just too many... uh, changes in the way the test was administered this year uh, that we we wouldn't even be able to you know pull out uh, the pieces that we think are you know strengths weaknesses success or not even comparing remote test takers with in-person test takers uh, you know what was the challenge behind that so so we're not going to be um, you know, doing a public presentation and we are required to send the parent reports home, which we are. Uh, I would much prefer the parents pay attention to the Lexia assessment and all students in K through eight received that, you know, so it gives a good indication of, you know, we know that a lot of our kids aren't on grade level right now because that, that assessment didn't change with the pandemic. Yeah. Right. If, if, if more kids took this assessment, uh, we know that more kids would be, uh, where our kids are. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, so we, we'd rather pay attention to that. That's what we're fo- our educators are focused on that work yeah. uh, that gives us real time information to actually execute different lessons during the school day. Yeah. So, so uh, let's see. We got a couple more questions. Uh, Morel, we asked yeah from the last year. So, mm. so if a parent has a concern, if they see an MCAS and they're concerned, yeah, what's the right thing for them to do? Oh, I, I certainly think that any any of our administrators would be happy, or teachers would be happy to talk to the parent about yeah. those concerns. Um, but I'd also like to help alleviate some of the concerns yeah. because it is one test, it is an indicator, but it's almost let's just start fresh. Like let's just, well, just start think about the what year the child fresh. was going through at that time last year. Too, correct, right? yeah. correct. And it might look very different. And it might, you know, some of yeah. our upper school students who may be used to getting uh, meeting and exceeding standards may not have done that last year. And I think you know I don't I don't want um, parents to to put all their eggs in that basket. Yep. Um, when thinking about what the students need. Uh, so here's an easy. Uh, are all school extracurricular activities such as ability to have sports almost back to normal? I don't know how to answer. Yes. I don't know what back to normal yeah, is. Yeah. So. I mean, so so yes, our extracurricular, our clubs and activities uh, in all the schools are up and running. So we, we run those just like we would during you know our day programs. Kids do have to wear masks, and we, we try to distance as much as possible. But I think almost all of our clubs at the high school are running. They have advisors and kids in them, you know, yeah. once a month, twice a month. Yeah. Um, we are putting on a drama production. Yeah. Um, so that's happening. Um, athletics is right now uh, normal. Uh, per se, if you know all of our outdoor sports are right. there's no restrictions on any of the outdoor sports. Uh, you know volleyball, we the indoor sports we still have to wear masks. Yeah. Um, there may be some light changes when the winter sports. I was going right? to say so. Uh, mm-hmm. You know we do anticipate some of that when the winter sports start because those are indoors. Yep. Um, I don't think the MIAA is going to put out additional um, guidance. guidance at this time, other than the mask wearing. But you know we'll see. I think we, we saw so much of that change last year. We see if there's any issues with COVID as we lead up to the winter sports in December. Um, so we'll know more. But we're we're we're, we're going at a pretty yep. good pace. We we're are. doing you know open house at the Thank high school God. was we in person. To keep going, right? yeah. yeah, and and that was really nice to see families and and parents in the high school that night, and it was spread out. Um, you know, we're going to have. Uh, as you are aware, you know, like the National Honor Society induction will be in person and we'll do it smart. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll have certain family members that can come so we can do those events in person again. Yep. Uh, there's a John Greenwood. That name doesn't ring a bell. Greenwood is French would be Bois Vert, just so you know. And it says campaign manager. Uh, what a waste of time. Campaign managers don't get paid. So just, you know, that's just somebody who helps. Uh, Morell says, shouldn't, and, and Morell, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to kind of help me with this. Shouldn't there be another formal MCAS like the last year to make sure they did it right? I think what she's saying is, are we going to repeat it this year to kind of. Yeah, so we'll, so, so MCAS is back to normal yeah. uh, this year. So we expect to run all of our MCAS testing this yeah. spring. Um, and the high school 
we'll be back to, as far as we know, the students in their sophomore year will have to pass to, to yep. graduate. The graduation requirement is back. Yep. So she said yes. I got it right. Yes. Thank yep. you, Morel. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so my good friend Anomalous is back on, and he says, "Wow, mass this and talking communication, yeah. even verbal communication, isn't just a verbal dynamic. It's a full sensory process and experience." Folks who are having trouble with verbal communication because of the macular experience, what many people with sensory processing differences and neurodiversities experience every day and always have. This is one reason that ASL education should be standardized and more learning around nonverbal communication dynamics to increase everyone's understanding and access since everything starts and often resolves with communication in one form or another. Yeah, that's really well stated. Um, and I, I appreciate you saying that, uh, Anomalous, because I, th- I think it's... You know, at my stage of the game, it's my hearing, right? And I'm I'm looking to try to sustain my hearing, right? That's the point of, and it's it's not easy, right? And so uh, I do empathize with the students. It's it's a difficult it task, is, yeah. right? Uh, over and above um, MCAS, you know, and, and I hate to, you know, there's been a couple. Uh, Really terrible stories in the papers lately about you know these TikTok things and hmm. um, you know people going up and smashing teachers and administrators. We, we aren't, I hope, having any of that, are we? We we're working hard not to. Yeah. Okay. So we have an ex- you know we we had some experience with the first TikTok yeah. uh, challenge, which was the devious lick to destroy school property. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I found out about that particular trend, I did send a notice home to parents, making yep. sure that they were aware of that and what the consequences would be. Um, and then, yes, we were made aware that every month there's a different trend. Uh, yeah. And so this month's trend was... And I saw Haverhill High <laughs> and Lawrence High had issues, right? Yeah. Um, so... Yep. So, so Mr. Barden, yep, we're, we are on, you know, all hands on deck at the high school um, yep. to make sure that we have all adults in hallways and at lunches. Um, you know, we have Officer Ferrelli there full time and he's great with the kids. So it helps us. Um, so he's you know, a terrific police officer, by the way, if I could only get him is. to recycle. Well, so recycling skills are not the best. Okay. So, well, I'll enforce that the next time I see him. Yeah. But but yes, so we you know we're we're incredibly uh, vigilant right now in making sure that during those times, the passing yeah. times and lunchtime, that we have a lot of supervision, uh, especially with our high school kids. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I know again, it's my age. I don't understand it. But yeah, it's kind of like I, 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 you've heard this. I don't know if it's your age because I, I don't understand road. it either. I live on a main road and I come out every day and there's Dunkin' Donuts cups thrown on my lawn and I just sit there in the morning sometimes I go I just don't understand it right yeah I I'm you know we try to work with with uh, obviously not try we work with all of our students and families and you know all all I can keep saying and I've said this to a few parents I've had to speak to is you know we never stopped understanding right from wrong yeah whether it's TikTok or social media um you know though that's really what we have to work on with our own children and, and students as a whole to make sure that we continue to send that message, right? Just because it's a trend on TikTok yep. that, doesn't, that shouldn't alter the fact that it's wrong right. to deface property right. or to slap a teacher or right. to do whatever it is that you <coughs> think me. might be okay, right? Yeah. It's not funny. You can get in trouble. These are the things that really can, can, can linger with students for a long time and, and ruin some of their opportunities. Yeah. All the you hard know? work that they've done. Yeah, right? yeah. and so... I just, again, I've, I'm saying that out loud here. I've said it out loud to many families that I've spoken to and, you know, every venue I possibly can that we just, yep. we want to make sure that we're talking to our kids about, you know, right and wrong. Yep. Uh, Teresa says, are the schools doing some fun activities at school for Halloween, like decorating a costume contest? Greater Lawrence Vocational School had an event a couple of years ago with Halloween decorations and scary music event open to the public at night on a weekend day, set up by the kids very night. I don't think we do. So we have the thing at Great Court I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. That's that's our fall festival. Uh, that's typically for younger kids that would wear costumes. Um, I will tell you, if you come into City Hall on Thursday, October 28th, we're going to be dressed in costumes. Um, so we're trying to 
get in the spirit of things there. Yeah. I don't know if the mayor will, because he's going to speak at the Lawrence Bar Association oh, well. that night. So, Depending uh, on what your costume is, it could <laughs> yeah. be appropriate. Come in as a lawyer. Yeah, I uh, think for schools, you know, we've always, I've struggled with this in my career, and yeah. we struggle with it in schools. Yeah. Um, more so now, you know, the past few years, we've really struggled with Halloween events in school. Um, So, you know, those are conversations we've had internally about where does Halloween belong in our school day. Um, We have had previous traditions. We've had to not have those traditions. We've tried to celebrate fall. Um, You know, and a lot of parents, it's it's a hot-button topic, and I I think people know I do love Halloween. It's something that is very near and dear to my heart. However, uh, we have a lot of students uh, where Halloween does not belong, uh, right. you know, right. in their community world family, yep. um, who and do not participate, all, right? right yeah. And who do not participate in anything Halloween related. And so we always have to have something separate. Um, we also are struggling with the last few years, the stress that the costume issue can put on families and students if they don't have the, you know, coolest character or whatever in those younger ages that can be problematic um and so we don't want to set kids up for that too so with that being said um there is a likelihood that we will not have like dress up day however um you know all of our ptos are we're doing trunk or treats we're going to have a lot in the community so we're hoping to put out a letter to our families about here are all the opportunities Yep. For your kids to celebrate yep. Halloween, and there, there are a lot. It seems to be a lot, right? In the community, yeah. and the school community is going to do special things so that parents can choose to do those. Yeah, I think the um, Methuen Y has one this They do. Saturday. Yeah, the Methuen Y uh, sent us a flyer. Yeah. Great court part. I got stuff from, yeah. from uh, Steve, <clears throat> Stephen. Um, and again, all of our PTOs are doing trunk or treats and some outdoor, you know, outdoor fall festival yeah. stuff during that time. So it'll be very exciting, and there'll be. Yep. M- multiple opportunities for parents and students to participate but finding a place for that in school during school is has getting is getting harder and harder to yeah. to justify yeah it's look at that somebody calling me it's a counselor calling me right in the middle of the show well we know um, they're not watching i guess yeah clearly um so Carrie Parent said, if the COVID numbers increase within the under-19 age group, will there be discussions about going back to full-time, part-time remote learning? Yeah, I don't, the commissioner, I don't think not has any interest. Level, right? yeah. yeah, not at the local level. We don't have the authority to even right. make that decision. But uh, the commissioner, we actually had a phone call today with him this afternoon, um, you know, is happy about the numbers. You know, the trends are not, not showing uh, problems of which people were nervous about with all kids coming back to school in person, which is great. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing transmission in schools at all. Um, you know, we didn't see much of it last year. We saw a little bit of it last year in certain classroom situations, but um, we're not seeing that happen at all this year. So, right. you know, that we're really thankful for that. So I don't think he's going to at all at this point uh, turn turn back. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised. Yeah. I mean, it would be, you know, Governor Baker and the commissioner making that decision. And it would take a big swing. It would take a big swing, I think, to go back. They are given, they are putting a lot of time, money, and energy into the test and stay programming to keep kids in school. So if, you know, there are definitely going to be COVID cases, but that's the most disruptive is when people have to leave for 10 days yeah. uh, and we don't have those alternative settings. So we can keep kids in school and not have those cases be positive. That's that's our best bet to keep in keeping this going. So, yeah, uh, we got a shout out from Morel for last year. It was so organized with the treats and the Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. That was great. So that was an alternative Halloween celebration. Loop, I know. Yeah, most of the people in the community loved it. Some people didn't. Um, so I had a few people asking if you were doing that again, and I said, <laughs> I think I think Halloween's back on. I don't think that's a new Halloween thing yeah, here. But we are doing that. <laughs> May took a lot they of were look, I know. That. Actually, Mr. Noble was asking. I think he, should, he came with his kids Merle, last just, year. Just so you know, I love doing that, though. Right? That was That was awesome. And the cars that came through, we didn't even we didn't even validate if they were from Methuen, to be honest with you, right? Uh, but there were so many cars full of kids. I mean, to me, that's what the the holiday is all about, right? They were happy kids. They were happy parents, right. and some of them sat in traffic for quite a while. So, 
Um, parents sitting in traffic with kids who are smiling. Something's going right, so appreciate that. Um, anything, you know, we're, we've got about 10 minutes left here in the show. Anything over and above we haven't talked about school that you wanted to kind of get out there that I haven't been smart enough to ask it. And I think we touched the, touched the biggest <laughs> topics, right? Just, you know, yeah. we, we are really trying to acclimate kids coming back to school and what that's like. Yeah. Um, so we're working through through all of that. Um, we're hyper-focused on, on the academics and making sure, right, our kids are... Progress reports. Progress yeah. reports, yeah. and we're reading, and we're, we're, you know, we've really focused on making some of those really... I think dramatic changes to, yeah. to focus on what the kids need. How about the drop off and pick up? Is that getting any better? That's actually getting much better. Yep. Yeah. So um, drop off and pick up. I've been trying to time my uh, travels around the district, um, especially between the Tenney and Timoney, uh, yeah. at the drop off and pickups in the morning and the afternoons, and so much better. So Mr. Reeve at the Timoney switched some of the parent drop off. So summer dropping off and picking up in the. South, south, you know, the lower school yep. side by South House in the yep. high school, and some are dropping off and picking up uh, on the main road on Pleasant View. That has helped dramatically. Uh, I've already noticed it, it takes people a while. I've already noticed people are pulling over to the right on Pleasant View Street yeah. uh, in the morning, yep. right? So that wasn't happening uh, all the time. So cars, everybody kind of knows if this is my travel. If this is my path to travel to work and everywhere else, they know if the cars are to the right, they can kind of go down that middle lane. So, right. uh, And I've seen that at the Tenney as well. I think right. people are really starting to, okay, pull over to the right. I'm going to wait to come in. Um, but by 830, uh, both schools, um, knock on wood, have been really humming. Uh, yeah. Really humming. Yeah. Uh, the buses are uh, better, not perfect. Um, you know, we're still working through, I think they're still working through staffing issues. Uh, we still have many of job openings. Anybody out there? Uh, we still there have, we still, yeah, we just posted uh, our program assistant openings again by like the actual positions, not just in a big group so people could see what, what's, what's out there. So um, we're still looking to fill those support positions too. So um, yeah, you know, we have a lot going on, but it's hard to believe it's the middle of October already. I know. Uh, progress reports going home and, and fast, football huh? season's almost over and it's crazy yeah, yeah. it's crazy but um but it's good it just feels really good yeah. to be doing the work that we know yeah you know last year we were doing every day was work we just didn't know uh and yeah. making decisions we just didn't know what the outcomes were going to be so uh <laughs> very positive council for just said who will the mayor be rooting for friday night I, the mayor will don't be you wearing worry, blue and yeah. white yeah I, yeah i already told him yeah. he needs to be on the, the ranger side <laughs> in blue and white uh, i i, I said council before you get on the show uh I, i'm go off all i'm taking five of my family with me uh, three will be going to one side, two will be going to another side. So, uh, and that's okay. That happens. It's okay. It's okay. We'll be friends again after. Yep. Right. And so, concession stands only in one place, so you can meet right, right in the middle right. at halftime on the home side. Yes. <laughs> so go Rangers! Right. Big yes. game. Big game. Um, and Very I will, exciting. I will be wearing my stocking hat. Uh, Council Ferretra, and I hope you're going to be wearing yours too, so that we look like twins. Uh, I'm going to take a minute here to. to um, Who are they playing? So we have to. Yeah, they're playing Central Catholic. So somebody just asked that. I just want to make sure they didn't miss that. What did they ask? They asked who are they playing? Oh, Central Catholic. Yes. Yeah, it's a big game. Both both teams are very good. I've actually seen both of them play one game, uh, and they both look like very good teams to me. Right, and uh, you know, at my stage of the game, I think about. Yeah, those guys are, they all look like terrific athletes on both teams. I'm glad I'm not that age. All right, just a reminder uh, that when we're finished here, the superintendent and I, we're going to run home to each of our houses, and we're going to watch the Methuen Community Studios tonight uh, at 7 p.m. for the Council at Large Forum. So the four candidates for Council at Large, uh, Nick DiZoglio, uh, Jessica Finicchiaro, um, forgetting somebody, David Beauregard and Joyce Campagnon are going to do a uh, a forum for Council at Large. It'll be shown live on Comcast 22 and Verizon Fires 33, streaming on org and Facebook.com. They will not be taking questions on Facebook. That's disappointing. The mayor would be sending some questions, and you would be too. And then tomorrow night, 
Uh, Thursday, October 14th at 6 p.m., the West District Council candidates, that's Mike Downs, Mike Samard, and Ali Safi, will be live in the studio. Uh, no matter who you're leaning for, please check out those programs to learn more about the candidates you'll be voting for on November 2nd. And please don't forget to vote for your mayor, even though I'm running unopposed. Um, even those of you that don't like me, vote for me, please, because I'm unopposed. Um, and then uh, tomorrow night, we have the meet and greet, the first meet and greet with the new police chief, Scott McNamara, at the Merrimack Golf Course from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So come on by and join me. And a reminder, we have the Methuen Santa Parade. If you're interested in getting involved, reach out to Jill Stacklin, um, and she can help you get involved. We want as many bands, floats, parades, you name it, we want as much involved as possible. We want to make this the biggest, best Santa Parade Methuen's ever had. That'll be November 20th. That's a Saturday at 1 p.m. And then last but not least, don't miss out on the Methuen Rex Halloween contest, Halloween decorating contest, which has uh, $50, $25, and $20 uh, gift certificates to Methuen businesses as prizes. Uh, all you have to do is tag Methuen Rex on Facebook and send in your pictures of your decorated. I've seen some place. There's a uh, there's a house at the corner of um, Howe Street in Hampstead. They do a great job every year. They put a lot of stuff up. Yeah. And I say, wow, that guy must be exhausted. Cause there's he's... one on the street uh, before Holy Family. The street yeah. on the right. Yeah. There's another house that sets some up all really kinds really do of it stuff. well, yeah. right? And I want to give a shout out. To, so David Bartlett. Uh, who uh, uh, is a well-known uh, Methuen resident. He does a great job. And I don't know your home address, David, but um, you got to take a look at his his house. He decorates it for Halloween. It's fabulous, right? Yeah. Really scary. So um, a lot of fun driving around taking a look at it. Any last comments, Superintendent, before we... Uh before we sign off, we got three minutes here. No, I think we're good. Go All Rangers. Right. Go Rangers. Go, Go Rangers. Rangers. It's a blue out, you said, right? Blue out, yeah. So All come right. with your good Rangers. I bought that blue sweatshirt at Methuen Day. I know. Yeah. We have, we're going to outfit everybody that comes in. <laughs> but yeah, Ranger, wear your Ranger gear, as we say, yeah. uh, to really light it up blue at the stadium on Friday night at 7 yeah. o'clock. And I, I, I would assume that uh, Jim and. Uh, um, Council Ferretra and those guys are going to do the play-by-play. They get very excited. Uh, so the few times I haven't been able to get to the game, my blood pressure still gets elevated by watching and listening <laughs> to those guys because they really get into the game, right? Uh, so, Jim, my cardiac doctor says, uh, go easy on the mayor because you guys are stressing me out <laughs> when you're screaming. So, all right, go Rangers Friday yeah, night. Good spirit. It's it, a lot of kids that I wouldn't expect to see at football games or at football games, which Amen. is really nice to see. Yeah. Been good crowds, it's right? It's a good spirit. It's good for them to be together outside yeah. and, and rally around. And Something. it's a great stadium. And, and um, yeah. uh, one last thing. So uh, I should have mentioned this. So uh, October 14th was the deadline I set for people to send in their ideas for that, for how we're going to use the $46 million in ARPA funds. Um, so we're putting that list together. We've got some stuff from the schools. We've got some stuff from the rec team. We've got stuff from Water and Sewer. Water and Sewer put in $33 million worth of projects. And I want to explain how this... So we're going to put them all through compliance. Now when they come back, we're going to sit down with City Council and say, what are the things that move the quality of life forward the most in Methuen? What, what are we going to do? How are we going to do these in priority order? And that's how we're going to spend that $46 million to, to make it a little bit better for you around here. We're on a good track. I didn't talk about it. Uh, I did talk about it at City Council. Uh, we've done a good job fiscally. Uh, hopefully you heard the news that we've increased our free cash. We have now $12.89 million in free cash in the city of Methuen. Um, and that's the first time we've approached the 5% mark um, that we're aware of. So, um, And we're exercising our capital improvement plan, which includes redoing the roof of the comprehensive grammar school. Yes. You and I got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and buying new police vehicles. Um, so we need new police vehicles desperately. The chip shortage is hitting everybody. It's there's so many vehicles. shortages now. I think yeah. it's, it's not just the chip shortage anymore. It's things are now that I we're ordering thing, normally are coming in like 12 weeks instead of four. I got a thing to sell back my pickup truck. It was shocking to me. Yeah. Right. And I said, well, what am I going to buy if you? Right. And the guy says, well, you ain't buying anything. <laughs> right. I don't know where you're going to go. Exactly. So, 
All right. Well, uh, we'll see you at the game Friday night uh, or uh, watch it on MCS. And make sure you watch those council forums tonight and tomorrow night on MCS. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, transportation in Methuen, you know, public and urban transportation, what we can do better. So we'll see you here next week. Uh, God bless you in the meantime. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next week.